Hello and welcome to another special episode of the Odds Checker Betting Show. I'm your host, George Ellick, and we are delighted today to have an interview with Betfair ambassador Paul Nichols, a man who's had many, many good days at the Cheltenham Festival over the years. And fingers crossed, another couple coming to next week. Thanks very much for joining us today. How are you feeling ahead of next week? Yeah, looking forward to it. Um, good to see it's a drying forecast and the ground looks like it's not going to be too bad. All the horses we've got here that we're preparing are all in good shape and looking forward to it. Yeah, I think we're all looking forward to it too, counting down the hours now rather than the weeks. Um, you've had a brilliant season to date so far, 141 winners and counting, but obviously in pretty funny and strange circumstances. How's it been for you? Well, obviously it's very odd. The big thing is, that, you know, the owners obviously haven't been able to go and see the horses run and the races is very quiet. Um, it's a shame, basically, for the owners who are investing so much money in the in having the horses and training, and they can't um, can't go and watch them run. But I know a lot of them had sort of been enjoying actually getting used to watching them, obviously on ITV racing or other channels, um, and I've got used to it really. And there's light at the end of the tunnel. We're all look forward to the fact, you know, next season might be back to normal. That's what we're all hoping, and it's good that we kept racing on the on the go all the time during the last twelve months. And um, yeah, we are where we are. We've just got to get on with it now. Thinking back to some of the incredible times you've had at the festival, you know, thinking about Corto Star wins, thinking about, you know, the incredibly popular Frodon's win in the Rhino a couple of years ago as well. I mean, the fans, at least from my point of view, I did, it might be different for you, played a big part in that. So what will it be like being at the festival without any spectators or, or walking, you know, walking one of your horses into the winner's enclosure without that incredible reception? Yeah, well, that's going to be totally different because there's nothing like the most amazing feeling in the world is walking into that winner's enclosure when you just want a gold cup or one of those major races. Obviously, things will be totally different. Um, but I suppose during the year, we've got used to it. You know, it's like when you won the King George this year with Frodon, you're going into that winner's enclosure and there's no one there. It's, a, it's totally different to a day when there's the most amazing atmosphere. But it is what it is. We had to just deal with it. Um, and I said, let's hope next year we're back to normal. Yeah, fingers crossed, exactly. I mean, on the technical side of things, do you think there not being any fans will impact the way that races pan out? Do you think there'll be certain horses that are suited by the, the situation and the circumstances? I don't think they probably got used to it during the season as well. I mean, there's some horses that, you know, that actually crowd and the occasion never get, gets to them a little bit and, and in the preliminaries can get a little bit wound up. Um, other horses it can, it can wake up a little bit. But I think on the whole, I wouldn't think there's any mind it would make any difference to their, you know, they're all professional horses. They all know what they're at and they'll, they'll be fine. Let's now look ahead to next week and some of your chances, some of your runners at the festival. And we'll start with Politolog, who's looking to defend his champion chase. Uh, how's he been after the Clarence House? Yeah, he's fine. He came out of the race well. Um, he, he had a nice break afterwards, and he always comes good in the spring. He doesn't really like that January cold weather. That's not a plus for him. Um, but this time of year, when the spring, you know, we're in the spring, it's a bit warmer. And it's not so cold. He's very happy, and he's in good shape. He's done a good. He had a race course gallop at Wincanton last week with all the other Chatham horses. He he led them all a merry dance around there. Had a good day out. Very happy with him. He's in good shape, I'd say. Plenty of festival hot pots, most of them coming over from Ireland, and you'll be taking on one of them in Chacun Pour Soir. Yeah. How do you judge your chances against uh, you know a horse that's never travelled, let alone run at the Charlton Festival? Um, well, 
I mean, Jack Bissouar, I think he was at Cheltenham last year and had a problem and couldn't run. So he's obviously mm. been travelled over once, but he has but he hasn't run on the course, which is the only disadvantage I can see because he, he looks a fantastic horse. He's been brilliant in his two runs and I was blown away by him the last day when he won in Leopardstown. So, we, you know, if he acts on the course, he's probably the one we've got to beat. You've got a couple others entered into the race as well. Um, Grenatine, Magic Saint and Duke de Geneva. Will they all take up their entries? No, the only other one will be Granitine. Brani rides. He was he ran in the game spirit the other day. He was a bit fresh. Um, he's come on for that run. You know, he 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 he's the sort of horse who could run really tidy. Interesting. Um, we'll move on then to the Gold Cup. And Frodon um, looks to be um, the you know your gold up your Gold Cup horse for next week. Um, an incredible win back on Boxing Day when we last saw him in the King George. I mean, we obviously know that Frodon's a horse who um, you know, has, a, has a special place in your heart and you think a lot of. Uh, were you surprised by the manner of that victory on Boxing Day? Yeah, you know, it did surprise us all in the King George, to be honest with you. I know we've got a fairly soft lead in front, but he, he still get galloping all the way to the line, dictated things, quicking up well in the straight and stayed on strong and Horses at Wing King George's have a habit of running well in a Gold Cup. Um, the dry and forecast next week is a massive plus for him as well, so that's good. I'm very happy with his preparation, the way he is at the moment, and yeah, he's an exciting horse to have in the race. I mean, everybody remembers the the interview with <clears throat> with Bryony Frost after the the Ryanair win. I mean, how big a part has she played? You know, and, and what a partnership those two are. How big a part has she played in Frodon's story so far? Yeah, when she gets on well with him, obviously um, that goes without saying. Want to Ryanair on him, want all those races to get on particularly well. I don't know for why really, um, <laughs> but they do get on really well, and um, it's a great partnership which you wouldn't want to 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 break up really. So, you know, the pair of them have won well at Cheltenham. That's a great plus in the Gold Cup. It's a massive advantage if you've got a horse that acts on the track. You know, if you've got horses, I've run a couple of late Sylvan and Conti and Clanders about hate the track just don't operate on it at all whereas Frodon loves it so that's a big plus that's a big advantage move on to the Ballymore now where you've got Brave Man's Game who looks <clears> an incredibly exciting prospect just behind the Irish pair in the market at the moment um, the only horse who's beaten him so far this uh, season was Soaring Glory who's of course gone on to, to some pretty good things 17 length combined margin of victory over his last two runs over two and a half uh, miles how excited are you by him? Yeah, it, for the future, very. You know, he's going to be an awesome chaser in time. But, you know, he, he holds his own in, right, as a novice hurdler, as you say, against Soaring Glory at Chepstow over two miles. First time they both ran very, very good races. And we were thrilled by that. And um, then he stepped him up in trip and he's not looked back. And, of course, he won the Challo uh, grade one at Newbury very easily at Christmas. I mean, you could argue that he's had a couple of soft races. And, I mean, his margin is waved. He's won very, very impressively. Um but, um, you know, we've kept him fresh for this and he's definitely got a chance. You know, it's, it's a good race. All those races are at Cheltenham in that, you know, like Demond got beat in this race. So it's not an easy race to win, but he's he's very well. Great preparation and looking forward to it. And again, he won't mind the fact that the ground, the ground doesn't look like it's going to be too bad. One of the, I mean, we can obviously assume uh, and what you're saying, the Brave, Man, Brave Man's game will go for the Ballymore. But at this time of year, a, a lot of people wondering and trying to work out who's going to be running where. And that brings us on to next de next destination, aptly named. Um, will, will he be going for the Brown Advisory Novice Chase? Well, I've got to talk to Malcolm over the weekend. We haven't made a definite decision. Favourite is he'll run in the Novices Chase. Obviously, we just want to see what's confirmed and see what's confirmed on Tuesday. We haven't got to make our mind up until Sunday morning. So we've got plenty of time to just look at the weather forecast and the ground and one thing or another, make sure he's OK. 
Um, so we'll make a decision, you know, over the weekend. I mean, if I, I don't run Next Destination in the branded in the National Hunt Novice Chair, so I should run Soldier Level. Actually, he's got good form with the favourite. We kept him fresh for the race. So he's not without a chance if it kept on drying. Um, and Next Destination is a very smart horse who he finds plenty. He's only one, one is two novice chases. I prefer probably it was three and a quarter rather than three miles on the old course. But, you know, hey, he, it is what it is, and he's a class animal. Yeah, and Monkfish. Obviously, everyone knows he's a very smart horse. He's looked imperious in Ireland, but never be afraid in one in a novice chase around Cheltenham. That's what I've always been taught. And then Who Gree has been one of the gambles of the last couple of weeks uh, in the Cheltenham Festival so far for the <clears> Boodles, <throat> in from about 16 to 1 to favouritism now. Only one runner for you so far, but suggesting that the mark of, of 128 is a, is a workable one. I think it is, yeah. He ran very well at Chepstow in very, very deep ground. He hadn't been with us that long. Um, I don't usually run them that quick when they come from France, but that was a tidy run. Uh, he had a little break after that and did a really sparkling gallop at Wincanton last week. Um, and the drying ground will suit him, I'd say. I don't think he'd want it too soft. 120, I think, on grade one form looks a nice mark. Um, yeah, he ran, he worked very nicely last week, and um, I just suggested the owners that he might run well. Um, they've obviously had a little little bet on him, but I don't think there's been a gamble on him. Or not that I, I, if it is, I don't know who. It just, <laughs> I, and he was 16, 16 to 1. I think the owners have had a few quid on and he gets shortened up. And then if you look at his profile and look at it, you actually think, well, yeah, he has got a big chance. So, um, uh, you know, hopefully he'll run very well. Yeah, definitely the, the kind of thing at this time of year as well, where people start seeing the prices going and, and jump on board rather than anything bigger yeah. than that. Um we just before we let you go because we know you're very very busy a couple of, of of questions about other horses running at Cheltenham um one that we've asked a, a few trainers in the past and a few recently as well is if, if you could take one other horse from a different yard ahead of this year's Cheltenham festival and and train him yourself uh, and bring him into your into your stable who would you who would you take Envoy Allen, without a doubt. Um, I think probably everyone says that, but to me, he'll win the Martian Obvious Chase next week and he, he'll be one of the favourites in next year's Gold Cup. I think he's very smart. The other one, you wouldn't say no to Monkfish. He looks very, very mm. good. Um, but I, I'm particularly like Envoy Allen. And any horses you're looking at, you know, we've, we've got a lot at the top end of the markets. You know, you've got your Shishkins, your Monkfishes, um, Concertista, a lot of short price favourites. Any that you think look a little bit vulnerable going into next week? No, you know, I, 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 the novice chase on, on the first day, Shiskin, um, you know, he's, he's very impressive, but Willie's horse is, um, um, and then um, yeah, he's, he looks very smart as well. I mean, they're interesting, but you know, the, the thing about the racing is so competitive at Cheltenham, you know, obviously all the favorites don't win because it is so competitive. What is vulnerable, what isn't, it just depends on the ground and different factors on the day, but you know, they certainly won't all win. That's for sure. And if you could have your pick of the ground next week, what would you be? <clears throat> what would you be choosing? Good to soft. Perhaps I love good. To soft. I love running horses on better ground. I hate running them in deep ground. Doesn't seem to suit our style and what we're doing. Good to soft would probably suit any everybody. No one would have any excuses. If it was a little bit better on Friday. That would that would help even more. And just a final question: uh, If you could go back and relive any of the the great days you've had uh, at uh, at Presby Park, where would you go back to, and what day would you relive? Uh, probably the first day we won the Gold Cup in 1999 with Seymour Business. That was really, probably wouldn't be here now if it hadn't been for him. And um, <laughs> it, it was that was an amazing day. It was my landlord's ambition to win a Gold Cup, Paul Barber. And that day was just very, very special. You know, that started the whole ball rolling, really, Seymour Business. So very grateful for him. And that was an amazing day. Well, Paul, fingers crossed. There'll be another incredible chapter in your story at Chatham Festival next week. And thank you very much for taking the time to speak to us today. My pleasure.
thank you very much for taking the time to listen to this podcast or watch this video if you enjoyed it then do subscribe to the odds checker youtube channel or to the odds checker podcast on any podcast platform and thank you very much to betfair ambassador paul nichols for joining us do keep an eye out though because we are recording the odds checker cheltenham festival preview sponsored by betfair where andy holding tony calvin and barry all will be the expert panel of guests i'll be hosting and we'll be going through every single race at the cheltenham festival hoping to unearth the value so do download that please do enjoy the next the racing next week and please gamble responsibly mm-hmm.